0: Welcome, listeners, to a long expected episode of Riddles in the Dark, um, the premier internet sensation podcast on all things Tolkien, specifically <laughs> The Hobbit. Um, if, if you're only listening to one thing uh, downloaded off the internet, it should be this. Uh, you know, all those NPR podcasts you listen to, you don't bother. <laughs> There you go. Was that grand enough for you guys?
1: That was <laughs> great. I'm, yeah. I'm pulling that out as a soundbite. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right. Ringtone. So, um, uh, we are. We're finally getting to a topic that I think has been been hotly anticipated, certainly by us and probably by the listeners, and that is, of course, the uh, the encounter with the spiders in the um, shadows of Merkwood. Um, and we're pretty excited about this because i think even dating dating back to to probably 2011 there's been hints and speculations about this cuz we've seen uh trailer image trailer footage and images of um of uh, Legolas with his bow drawn in 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 sort of shadowy forest areas so people are anticipating big changes maybe some shield surfing maybe some non canonical <laughs> torial action so uh <laughs> So we're as we're, opposed we're... to the
2: canonical actually. Yes,
0: so <laughs> <laughs> so we're primed and ready to get into it. So I am your co-host Dave Kale, and with me, as always, are my wonderful co-hosts Trish Lambert and the illustrious Tolkien professor Corey Olson.
2: Good morning. Whoa. Good morning. So yes, I'm we have. I'm
1: completely awestricken now. Between this being the <laughs> premier podcast and Corey being illustrious, I'm just like, you know, humbled. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, well, anyway, yes, good morning. Hello. So, yes, it is true. This is a subject that uh, we have been trying to prevent ourselves from discussing uh, for a long time. We have uh, been wanting to jump forward to this and keep stopping ourselves, more or less. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, so very good. Well, first, uh, as, before we actually start our discussion of Hobbit stuff today, we had mentioned last time um, an idea which one of our listeners has had, uh, and an event which uh, which he is uh, wanting to organize. So I wanted to bring him on and have him talk about that a little bit um, before we get going here. So this is, oh, let me see, where is Yana in our list here? Here is yes, Yana Redeker, and let me uh, let me turn his mic on here. Good morning, Yana.
3: Good afternoon, actually, but good morning for you, Professor.
2: <laughs> That's
3: right. And, 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 and uh, tell everybody, where, where are you joining us from? Well, I'm from Holland. I live uh, near Arnhem, actually. Wonderful. Everything Wonderful. Is... Yeah. Yeah, so, so Good many, afternoon to you.
0: We have so many connections there uh, folks like Jana and Father Roderick and people there. It's interesting.
3: My That's true. My, my parental home is actually not that far from Father Roderick uh, in Amersfoort, so, well everything is close together over here. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, Jana, tell us uh, tell us about uh, the idea that you had. Well, first of all, I want to give credit where credit's due. This was originally not my idea, but it was Trisha's. So uh, she came up with it. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted Wait. to say, it. You,
2: you, you mean the illustrious Trish Lambert came up with this idea? <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah, she did. Very good. Uh, she was one- I have to
0: move my microphone
4: when I laugh so I don't laugh
2: <laughs> This is
0: Trish's new trick, coming up with ideas and foisting them off on other people. And foisting them off on other people.
3: <laughs> it's called delegation, uh, or something like that. You know <laughs> She brought up the idea originally, and I started to work with it, thinking about it, brainstorming, and stuff like that. And I think I have a pretty good idea how I I'd like to do it right now, but there are still some things I have to work out. The basic idea is that we, uh, well, uh, uh, we have a smaller group—not not hundreds of people or something like that—but it's a smaller group, like the like the listening group here. Who, di- who would discuss the, the the movies while we're watching it. And there are two ways I think we could do that. One of them would be to, uh, as, is, as has been suggested last episode, to just uh, watch the movie all all at once and uh, have an open mic. And the other one is to pause on a regular basis and and um, discuss it for 50 minutes on, on at key points in the movie. And I don't think one should have to exclude the other. Right, but yeah, yeah. But the, the, those are the choices we're still facing. I'm still facing. I don't have a co-operator yet, unfortunately. I could really use someone to help me with this, but
2: yes, well, that would be great. So yes, we definitely a call for volunteers. If people would like <laughs> to, uh, to 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 help Yana with this idea, yeah, uh, you can get in touch with us through the Riddle and Yana, look at page. the Mythgard
1: site. Yeah, look at Mythgard. Uh, look at the Riddles in the Dark uh, entries. The comments from last episode. Someone did mm-hmm. post there that they would love to help you, and they left their uh, email address. So,
3: oh, and, and Ed Pal said, said he will help out.
1: Yeah, Riddles the in the Ridd- Dark site on MythGuard, and and Ed Pal just wrote that he'll help out as well.
3: Oh, that would be great. And we, I don't really need much. And uh, the the basic thing is, I just really want to brainstorm on how we're going to do this because I'm not an expert. I've never done anything like this. And uh, I'm still really have to get used to listening my own rego- recorded voice, so that would be it will be a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's so good, yeah. yeah.
2: We could definitely, uh, I mean, I think we can certainly uh, help um, with hosting this on, on, on MythCard, if that, the MythCard NetMood, if that will help. And um, we can certainly, we're, we could, I agree, I think this is a great idea. I know that a lot of people, as we've been kind of talking our way through this, and, you know, they We and everybody else have been paying so much attention to The Hobbit uh, and to The Hobbit films lately that uh, I know it sort of stimulates the desire to go back and watch The Lord of the Rings films and think about, you know, to basically apply some of the same kind of thought and analysis uh, to the adaptation process uh, of The Lord of the Rings films. Uh, and so I think that that's a, it, that would be a really fun opportunity uh, for everybody to 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 be able to do that together, and maybe as you say, some of both you know being able to talk about it during the film, but then also stopping to uh, to be able to 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 kind of uh, you know expand a little
0: bit more and I, I for I, one, I, for the longest time, I have wanted to record a uh, riff track style um, uh, <laughs> commentary track for this, so uh, yes. Yeah, this is this is a great idea. I'm excited.
3: Yeah, I was also wondering. Uh, I was thinking uh, really of contacting the Middle Earth Network Radio if they could uh, broadcast it when we're doing it, so that we have the small discussion group. And because if we get too many, it will just get a mess. And and, and if you if you know what I mean. But if you could have it broadcasted on somewhere else separately, that would work out great because people could still listen and.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I I suspect they would be. I suspect they would be very interested in that, Um, and we could. uh, Yeah, we could definitely. We could definitely see about that. Another option, conceivably, would be um, to be broadcasting it because if if we broadcast it uh, on the Mythgard netmoot, we could have a larger number of. You know, a small number of people. Uh, be engaging in the discussion, and but a larger number of people could be attending and just listening, um, and even participating in the, sort of by by chat, but but not not hang, having everybody's yeah. mic open because I agree that would get pretty chaotic.
3: That's exactly what I meant. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I think one or the other or or, or both actually uh, could work very well. Um, so now I'm sure we can we can get in touch with the Middle Earth uh, Network people and ask them about that. And yes, Art and Ryan
1: just raised his head too. By the way, his head, oh. his head, his hands. <laughs> so um, at the end, Jana, I'll give you the contact information for all these folks that are, that are, um, you know, that have raised their hands and to help you.
3: Does that a We good? I think, we could meet on Skype or something and discuss it uh, with the organizers. If you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Very good. Uh, I had one with. Oh, yeah. Um, one more thing you said. Uh, well, we, of course we can't do a marathon uh, broadcast because of well, the movies are very long and we're all in different time zones. <laughs> so, but I was even thinking that uh, one movie uh, all at once would be a bit long because well, if you want to have separate discussions outside of the movie itself, then it could run very very long. So, mm-hmm. I uh, I usually watch the, the extended edition uh, one DVD at a time, because right. I think it's very long, and I thought that might be a good idea. I know the the Fellowship of the Ring splits off very nice with the DVD, and the uh, Two Towers is quite good as well. The Return of the King is in the middle of the Battle of the Pelennor Fields, so <laughs> right. that doesn't work out very well, but... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think it's uh, Grond being moved up to the yes, gate. Yes, <laughs> it is. I,
2: I always find that it's definitely by far the most tantalizing ending. You know, let's bring Grond up to the gate. And thank you very much. Intermission. Rookie yep. Fire. I uh, yep. I
0: recommend including the the animated uh, Hobbit and Return of the King in this watching. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe also Ralph. Well, and Washington. don't forget that
1: in. <laughs> In March, the current Hobbit film, the first Hobbit film, is supposed to be coming out on DVD and Blu-ray too next month. Sometime, good
0: right? lord so... already! <laughs> yeah, that's
3: what yeah. I read someplace. Yeah. Yeah, that was exactly <laughs> my idea, Dave.
2: Until November.
3: That was my idea, Dave. If it catches on, we could do it with the Hobbit DVDs and sweet. Then we could we could do batches. all.
0: That's a great idea.
3: I've never even watched the animated uh versions all the way through because I can't get a hand of a copy over here.
2: Oh, oh man, yeah. bummer.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, the 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 now the the, the Rankin Bass Hobbit is definitely worth watching. There are parts of it that oh, I'm and, not a big fan of, but I our uh, I is
1: looking forward to singing a group sing along of where there's a whip
2: there's a way. Oh, are you kidding? Yeah, that's like by far the feature <laughs> right there. I I, mean, I saw that post themselves.
3: I saw that post on the face uh Talking Professor Facebook page and that was actually the first time I heard that song. Oh <laughs> You guys have been talking classic. about it so long. <laughs> it is a classic. I mean, that is like, that's is like great.
2: an iconic song. <laughs> that song. I mean, man. Yeah. Um, um yeah, I, I I I have to admit that it's like, that song always comes into my head. Like, as I said, I was just reading The Return of the King, so yeah, I mean, when Frodo and Sam get captured by the orcs in Mordor, and and the, and the orc guy says, where there's a whip, there's a will, my slugs, and I'm just immediately, for the next day, I'm, you know, like, going around Muttaburg, there's a whip, there's yeah. a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fantastic. it's just fantastic uh, <laughs> anyway so oh, yeah this no very good a, this become,
1: and of course you realize if we go through all of this we go through the extended editions of the Lord of the Rings we go through the Hobbit, we go through the Bakshi we go through the, the Rankin Bass then we material. just start all over again yes, well then we just true. have to start yeah. all over again because you know it'll be like a year and then we'll start at the beginning right it <laughs> will become a tradition <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: yeah Daniel online
1: Great. well, Yana, well, as far as I know, we've got two folks that are listening here, and then the person who who commented on uh, Mythgard's site, so you've got a team of three at this point, point. and uh, like I said, I'll get with you and we'll make I'll make sure you have their contact information so you can take this forward and um, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I think it will be fun.
2: Yeah. very good. I thought so. Very good. Well, thank you, Yana, for uh, for sort of kicking this off and uh, and and really kind of taking charge of this to get it going. It'll be wonderful to see it happen, um, and I think we you know will be we'll, I know we will be happy to uh, to help to promote this event through MythGuard. and. Uh, and i 'm sure the manure network people will be interested in it too, so uh, so that's very good we will We will carry on so I, you know we'll let you um, conspire with your volunteers here and uh, you know maybe we'll do a check in later on when it's getting a little closer. You guys can explain yeah. the format you 've decided on and um, schedule if you've decided on schedules and dates, so we 'll have you on again later on to uh to let us know what 's happening. but thank you very much. thanks for joining us
3: you're most welcome, Professor.
1: Get ready to become illustrious, young yeah. That's right. That's
0: right. <laughs> okay. Not with my accent. No. <laughs>
2: no, you have a fantastic accent, dude. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. Okay. Well, thank you, Yana. So we are now ready to shift to actual discussion of the text here. So let's first explain uh, kind of the overall parameters of our discussion today. Today we're talking about the spiders, um, though it's not really just the spiders. It's 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 it's. Anyway, I do want to talk about the spiders, but it's also that the in that entire episode, really, we were talking about Merkwood, uh, and the build-up through Merkwood and how Merkwood uh, is going to be depicted in the Elven realm in general. That was our focus last time. Uh, and this time, we want to go not only to the encounter with the. Sp- to me, there are sort of three major things that we need to look at. One is the spiders themselves. How are the spiders going to be treated, and how are they going to be depicted on film? The second is Bilbo and what's going on with Bilbo, because of course that moment is such an important moment in Bilbo's career. Um, how are they going to handle? What role is the spider incident going to really play? <clears throat> in Bilbo's character arc in film 2 and then issue 3 is the capture by the wood elves um I, you know basically today's discussion I would like to if we could take it all the way up to uh dwarves locked in prison in the elven king's realm and then we can talk more about in the halls of the elven king and the barrel ride and stuff next time but um but those are those are you know to me the major issues that we have to look at today. And our riddle itself is going to be focused on the rescue uh, at the end and their capture by the Wood Elves and the circumstances of that. So that's where we'll sort of eventually what we're going to be building up to. Um, but let's start. Um, let's start uh, uh, some general discussion about the spiders first and how you think the spiders might be depicted now one question is how you know of course we've gotten the spiders already we saw the spiders attacking ross gobel uh... in film one um... and though that uh... in some ways kind of raised more questions for me than it answered um... and I don't know. I have to say that all things considered, I was kind of disappointed by the spiders in film one. um, Because they seemed... I don't know. The impression I got from the spiders in film one, they seemed sort of large, slow-moving, and dumb. um, And I didn't understand the rationale of their action at all. Um, It was one of the points of film one that left me just kind of puzzled, actually. Um, trying to figure out what is it that what is it sort of that the spiders are up to why did they why were they attacking Ross Gobel and why did they leave i mean it's obviously correlated with uh you know the the sort of exorcism of sebastian there um, but why does that make them go away and what, how were they i just i i, I was not quite sure and the whole thing was up... completely nonsensical yeah it it brought up bigger questions to me like apparently they are the spiders are obviously correlated with the rise of darkness in markwood that's that's very clear, especially since we saw spider webs uh in the trees as we got you know in, when we when guest goes to ross Gobel um so we can see as it's as he reaches the center of the darkness there there are there's evidence of spiders there but <laughs> But even just sort of the way they looked, they did not seem very intelligent. It's hard for me to imagine the spiders that we saw in film one talking. Um, and, you know, sort of in, in imagining a kind of spider society, I mean, they looked like robotic henchmen um, in film one. And so that's what disappointed me about them. And I'm sort of wondering how they're going to move from that, what exactly that means we're going to get. From the spiders when we actually meet them, uh, and uh, and they and they are depicted. Shelob, of course, doesn't speak. We don't get any dialogue from Shelob, uh, and in the film, um, more than in the book, because what is done with Shelob in the book is is so hard to do on film. I mean, you just can't. I mean, it's all the narrator telling us about you know the 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 force of will behind the eyes that they see in the darkness and stuff like all that stuff, which just like. Does not translate into a visual medium at all, um, and so in the film version, what we got from Shelob was basically a big monstrous spider. You know who 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 was it? Who looked essentially? Um, I I mean I, I guess what I'm trying to say is she was like an animal. I mean she was like a beast. She was. Not, it was not obvious from the film if you didn't know the books. It was not obvious that this was you know a an ancient and magical creature with intelligence power and will of her own it just looked like and this is the place where the giant spider lives um uh you know who is dangerous as any large predator would be dangerous um And so are they going to depict the spiders in the same way? The difference in the hobbit is that we get dialogue from the spiders, and it's not like it's scintillating dialogue it's not like we see the spiders being highly intellectual or anything like that um but we do get a sense of spider of of a spider culture that Bilbo gets a short glimpse into um and are we gonna get that? I mean I presumably we we're going to get speech. Dave, you had mentioned a while back about um uh was it you or Trish? Maybe you, one of you were talking about uh, uh, information that we had about the spider talk and how that's going to actually be done on, on, on screen? Yeah, Dave did.
1: Yeah. I think that was in one of the, like the Empire. Yeah.
2: And the
0: one Dave. I, I um I don't 100% remember what it was from. I think you're right, though, Trish. I think it was an Empire article, but. Um, I'm. I do recall that there was there was a statement from somebody affiliated with the with the. I'm gonna try to look it up, but there was a statement affiliated from someone affiliated with the production, it might even be in Peter Jackson, where they basically intimate that the ring. They they they, they hint at this idea that the ring gives um gives uh the wearer the power to understand the 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 speech you know black speech and the speech of creatures of of Sauron. And so they were basically sort of intimating that, that that's how they were going to resolve the spider speech thing. That that um, uh, that Bilbo would be able, be able to understand them because of the ring. Now, whether that means that the viewers will be able to understand the spiders, uh, I don't know. Like, are we going to actually hear them talking? Maybe are we just going to hear them kind of clicking and creaking as it's described in the book but um but but maybe we'll get subtitles like when the orcs are speaking <laughs> or um <I> like that. <laughs> or or maybe maybe the spiders will just be speaking their own speech but bilbo will sort of give us kind of you know out loud thinking out loud translations i don't know
2: right right let's see um God, yeah, no, I can't I mean, help
0: but think of par you know what is
4: what
1: was the what was the snake tongue in Harry Potter that only Harry could understand Parseltongue
2: yes Parseltongue parcel tongue, yeah but see yeah. even there we heard the audience hears the snake right, you know, the right audience right that's right uh, yeah. not not all the time i mean there are times when you know nagini is on screen and voldemort will speak to her apparently in english and uh uh and we will um, but but there's also didn't didn't we hear whispered snake? Am I misremembering um, that we actually <coughs> hear English translation of parcel tongue from snakes on screen? Um, Do we not? Maybe we don't. don't. Maybe remember. I am misremembering. Come to think of it. You're oh, misremembering. This, the less confident I am in my statement. They uh,
0: that we 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 don't. I mean, we hear the we hear the the parcel tongue, and it and it very clearly is different from just random hissings of a snake. But um, right. But but we never we don't see any like on screen translation. Uh, either we we can't understand it. We don't get subtitles. Usually we just get kind of. Like, they, they make it very clear what, what, what's being said through the action on screen, or we get um, one of the characters maybe sort of translating it.
2: Right, like when at the beginning of the Half-Blood Prince, when Nagini comes in the hall past uh, the muggle standing out in the hall, and Voldemort says, Nagini says there is a muggle out in the hall. Exactly. Uh, listening <laughs> to every word you say. Um. Yes. That would be awkward because Bilbo has nobody to talk to, so he would have to be like, "I'm sitting here for no reason, telling myself the thing that I am hearing." Um, it's hard to see how that would work with nobody for him to to translate to. Sharon oh.
1: thinks we'll hear clicking before Bilbo puts on the ring, and then we'll hear the speech once the view goes all.
2: Oh boing-mody.
0: Lord! Here you go. Um... They'll speak in a form of psychic communication, promised Peter Jackson in December's Empire Edition, so (laughs) only Bilbo hears them. Okay. So... I don't know what that... Okay. That, on the one hand... he'll
1: hear them in his head?
0: Yeah, on the one hand, that doesn't clear things up at all. On the other hand, that sounds extremely worrisome. (laughs) (sighs) Or worrying. Oh, that's right, Elliot... Psychic communication. Okay.
2: Psychic communication. Elliot
1: does mention, if you remember in Harry Potter in the first movie when he let the snake out at the zoo. That the See, snake said, Elliot, that's
2: what I was thinking. Oh, if yeah. We do there you the go. Snake, Saying adios, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Okay, good. I'm so glad that I'm not just crazy, Elliot. Thank you for remembering <laughs> that, because I was sure we heard a snake's voice at some point in the Harry Potter films. We've just finished yeah. watching, we've watched all eight, of, I've, I've just seen all eight of the Harry Potter films in the last couple months, because we've been watching them <laughs> with my son. Um so uh, I I I I okay. Whew, all right. I am so glad. Kelly, um, it made his day. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely makes my day. Sometimes I just like cuz you know cuz it's been known to happen before, you know, that I remember something very clearly that didn't happen, but uh but I'm glad that it's not occurring now. So okay, good. <laughs> so but the question that psychic remark is uh, the thing that it that it throws into question for me is that so that basically they're not going to have any language it's not a question of clicks and hisses that will be interpretable, but rather they I guess communicate telepathically with each other and Bilbo is going to be able to like it's like he's tuning in his CB to that frequency when he turns on the ring right that he's able to hear like the spider bandwidth uh, uh, when when he's got the ring on. Um, That is, I guess, how it's going to work. That's not, like, utterly illogical. Why these spiders would have the power of telepathy, I'm not quite sure. Um, That's, to me, the most puzzling element of that whole thing. Um, In some ways, it's easier to... uh, In some ways, it's easier to understand if... um, that is to say, the idea that for some reason clicks and hisses become comprehensible when he's wearing the ring is, I think, more awkward and difficult. Because, again, how do you handle that in the actual audio track? Does the, does uh, you know, do what, like, do you just turn on the subtitles when he puts on the ring? Do you, like, how do you convey to the audience that he is still hearing the same clicks and hisses, but now it makes sense to him? Right? Um, do you suddenly turn on the subtitles? Do you overlay that sound so that it's still audible, but overlay it with uh, with uh, with English? Um, you know, do you have the clicks and whistles shut off and uh, and and English replace it? Um, so the idea that there is no actual spoken language at all, but it is simply now he can sort of hear them thinking, I guess, um, makes sense from a film makes sense to me from a film utility standpoint um but it makes a little bit less sense to me from a uh a story about the spiders standpoint
0: yeah i don't know i i'll be interested to see how it goes and i really hope it doesn't end up looking dumb
2: <laughs> yeah
0: what what would yeah. you what would you prefer? There's a question as opposed to speculating just on on what they might do or what they've hinted at because because I think we can always take things with a grain of salt. Um, what how do you think would be the best way
2: to do this on screen? It's very challenging because in some ways this scene is one of the most uncharacteristic. Uh, In one way, I find it one of the most uncharacteristic moments in Tolkien's fiction. That is, that the spiders speak English. Mm -hmm. The wolves didn't speak English. The wolves spoke, you know, the wargs speak wolf language. um, And it's a wicked and horrible sounding language, but they speak their own language. Uh, The... Uh, you know and we've we've been over the talking animals before but and and when we did i've said this before but the spiders are very strange there's no excuse for the spiders in the book to speak english and so this problem is created in large part by tolkien himself and his choice to have bilbo overhear this the the spiders um uh, who are apparently for some reason speaking english to each other um, and I say English and not Westron, because Westron doesn't exist yet in The Hobbit. Um, they're, it's English that <laughs> they're speaking. And again, so that a raven would speak, uh, would be able to speak English is no shock, because these are ravens who were taught to converse with, you know, the dwarves. So they have learned a second language as indeed, you know, like, a very intelligent talking bird could do. The fact that eagles speak English also seems less surprising. But um, the spiders, like why don't the spiders speak spider language? Um, I do not, I cannot explain. I don't have an answer for why Tolkien did not have the spider speak spider language, Um, other than apparently he wants Bilbo to be able to understand it. So he just has them speak comprehensibly. But it really stands out to me in this book, um, in the Hobbit book, as... I, I won't say an inconsistency because I don't believe that the Hobbit, at least as it's initially conceived, was designed to be consistent with it. It's, it's not fair to look at the Hobbit and say it's inconsistent with the Lord of the Rings and the Silmarillion because it was never intended to be. And certainly, it can't be consistent with the Lord of the Rings fully because it predated it by a couple decades. Um, but so again, I don't want to. I don't want to to demand unfair levels of uh, of consistency and continuity but um but it's challenging now you notice that i've just been delaying answering the question forever how i how i would do it dave (laughs) uh because (laughs) i don't know dancing i'm completely tap dancing around it but basically again the problem is caused by the fact that the way Mm -hmm. that tolkien depicts it wouldn't work and not yeah. only does it not work on the screen, frankly, it doesn't work in Tolkien's world either. It's inconsistent with Tolkien's world. Yep. It's just one of those elements of the Hobbit which still stand out, which is not really smoothed in, and which I bet you um had uh you know, I'd be willing to lay almost any sum of money on the proposition that if Tolkien had gotten so far as chapter eight in his Revision in that he began of the Hobbit in 1960 when he went back and started rewriting the entire Hobbit uh, in the in the mode and and style of the Lord of the Rings. Had he gotten to Chapter Eight, I am positive that this problem would not have remained there. That he would have given the spider, you know, he would have done something different with that. I'm sure of it. Um, that he would not have turned down. That he would not have turned away from this language problem of all things. Um, but you, so they can't just be speaking English. That would look dumb. Um, they and and since they resisted in the film already having the eagles speak English, they're certainly not going to have the spiders speak English. Um, so,
1: well, you know, this is a little ways down the line. Well, two things. First of all, I want to give Harold Johnson kudos, uh, kudo, uh, credit here because he brought up a point that I wanted to say. Um, Pertaining specifically to this, which is, I I do also remember, I think, Dave, from that same article or an article you were citing at the same time, where Jackson talks about that um, his the effects of the ring are going to be sort of cumulative, or they're going to, you know, like the ring is going to create more effects as time goes on, and the more Bilbo wears it, and Harold brought up the thing of, you know, this could be the uh, another um episode of the ring waking up you know where he can understand the spiders, so it could be an effect of the ring you know a, a broader effect like jackson was saying the other thing is that i was re-listening to rob Inglis's um hobbit the other day and he does this great you know uh deal of the of the raven in in you know in the hobbit when the raven shows up and talks to the dwarves and i was thinking about the movie and i thought surely the raven in the movie is going to have to talk because he has such a pivotal you know there's so much information that he gives hope so he's going to have to talk so yeah so i mean then sort of back you know what how do you back extrapolate anyway you know bringing that back to this the spider's talking could be kind of you know setting up the fact that this could happen in middle earth so that when we get to the raven it's not like out of the blue sky that suddenly the raven starts to talk i don't know
2: yeah, well, I mean, so, but, really see, I with the, the raven, I think, is in a different category because, it, the, you know, the ravens aren't quite tame birds, but they're close. You know, these are birds that have, that are at least friends with the dwarves, if not actually trained by them. And so that, I think, is comfortable. Uh, you know, even e- even if it's different, it wouldn't see, it, you know, they're in a different category. You're not just overhearing right. wild animals talking to each other in their native habitat. Um you know, these are birds interacting with yeah. human beings as they have been trained to interact with human beings, as they have been accustomed, at the very least, if not trained, uh, to interact with human beings. But with the spiders, I think, you know, Dave, what I would be tempted to do is just cut the dialogue. It's not like it's absolutely mandatory. Uh, you, know, I, you know, and Trish, what you were just saying about Roach was reminding me of this. Um, you know, yes, Roach has to talk. Um, the thrush has to be able to communicate. Because that—that's both of those things are pivotal. There's no information we get from the spiders. You know, the spiders' conversation is primarily comic relief. Um, uh, He—he doesn't have to overhear spider talk um, in order to. So, 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 Dave. Maybe I would, if I were making the film, would just make the spiders silent. Yeah, or have have them click and hiss to suggest that they have language, but Bilbo doesn't have to understand them
0: yeah or you, yeah. you could you or you could even have bilbo mention it a couple times that he does seem to understand them but uh but, he, but you don't have to have him like sitting there listening in to detailed conversations about whether to kill the dwarves now and hang them or right. or to or to leave them alive and let them hang a little bit longer and that kind of I, I think you're right like i think i think I, i'm i'm actually kind of surprised that they're bothering to include, you know, some element of Bilbo listening in on their conversations, and, yeah. and that they're they're bending over backwards far enough to explain it as to come up with the idea of like psychic communication. Although, you know, maybe maybe in a maybe maybe the final product is basically going to look like the dialogue's been
2: been cut. So right, maybe, and uh, though I mean certainly because i I agree with you, David, it is a little bit surprising that they're going out that they're not taking the simplest route as they did with the eagles, again, like the eagles are silent, they didn't have to be, um but it was in the film it was pretty easy to make the eagles silent, actually um, but it, and it would be just as easy, presumably to make the spiders silent it wouldn't be any harder anyway to make the spider silent than it was to make the eagles silent um. But they haven't done that apparently, and if they're not doing that, they have to have a reason. And and I think you know, as you said, um, uh, you know, Trish, as you were pointing at us, and as as Harold was pointing out, um, the only active reason is if they want to use this as an illustration of the ring and its power. That like basically this is the time because Bilbo has no reason from film one. There is no reason that Bilbo has to suspect that there's anything malicious about his ring, that 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 it's any that there's anything. At all, I mean, it's just turned him invisible once. He's only had it on his finger one time. It turned him invisible. He recognized that it turned him invisible, and that's been the entire relationship between Bilbo and the ring so far. If we are going to have this ring getting a hold on him and its powers increasing as time goes on in order to set up for the reader... To transition from the reader, from "Hey, look, an invisibility ring," to "This is the ring of power, and prepare yourself, because the Lord of the Rings films come after this." Like, if if if, if, if that's the work that's going to be done with Bilbo, it, I, I, that's the only excuse I can see for introducing the the idea. Um, is that Bilbo well, would know, I could be see surprised, th- I guess, that he can understand the spiders? I don't know.
1: What's the idea of the black of the ring being sort of a? a a black speech, uh, universal translator. Because now that I think of it, you know, in his conversation with Smaug, he's also got the ring on. And I wonder if Jackson is setting us up for that. But I, um, I think
0: the dragons, the dragons are known to speak the, the common languages, right?
2: I, I mean, that's- Well, I don't know. In Jackson's universe, I, mean, I have no idea. Right, well, okay, exactly. <laughs> good point. I mean, that, that's like fairy tale tradition. Um, hey, being yeah. able to talk to the dragons is, is normal. Um, even to the point where you remember those comments in the Hobbit, like this is of course the way that you should talk to dragons. Like there's there's like a customary protocol for like how smart people talk to dragons mm. and don't talk to dragons. Um so like the fact that dragons can talk is you know, right. an obvious assumed step uh in that process. But but I mean, but you're right, this doesn't assume that we that we shouldn't necessarily assume that it's the case in in, in uh in and Jackson's, Jackson's world um that just anybody can talk now, to
1: art them. lion brings up the idea art lion brings up the idea that um the spiders talking could be used to enhance the doll Guldur story, story line for example they may mention their master or the tower Right. in their conversations that might be a reason that, to that's a, i
0: that. think that's an interesting point i think that's kind of the next next thing to that we should um consider uh to what degree will the the spiders be um coordinating with uh, with what's going on with Dol goldor and incorporated in that storyline in other words yeah. in, in the book the the it's just kind of bad luck that the dwarves stumble upon them and um uh and and that the spider's main interest in the dwarves is eating them in the first film, there's already a, a very strong hints that the spiders are being manipulated or controlled uh, by by or You know that they they've been sent on this perplexing, completely odd mission to attack and then and then subsequently retreat from Roskobel. But uh, right. <laughs> but the, but there seems to be a strong hint that that the spiders weren't just doing that at random, or because they thought that there was a tasty treat in there. That they were doing that because uh, of some connection to to, to the necromancer. So,
2: yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, at the very least, they, they're presented in film one as symptomatic of the rise of the necromancer. Now the thing in Tolkien's works, the spiders, and there are bunches of spiders. I mean, there's Ungoliant and the Silmarillion, and the children of Ungoliant, that is like Shelob's brothers and sisters um, who are living in arid Gorgoroth, um, you know, in the Mountains of Terror between Gondolin and Doriath um, that Beren travels through. Um, and then you've got Shelob, of course, and then you've got the Mirkwood spiders. And All of these spiders in Tolkien all seem to be more or less free agents. You know, we don't get, like, legions of spider armies being led into war or sent into war by Morgoth or Sauron. Um, Now, all of them, Morgoth and Sauron, you know, all of the spiders are sort of exploited by Morgoth and Sauron. I mean, they are all evil creatures, and as evil evil creatures who like to prey upon and destroy good people and beautiful things, um, they are useful as tools uh, to Morgoth and Sauron um, from Ungoliant on down. But they don't... um, But they're never, like, under the command of them. And so... And this seems to be the case... um, uh, that certainly seems to be the case in the Hobbit. I mean, of course, in the published Hobbit, we don't get any sense of the spiders being coordinated with Dol Guldur. Though, even there, there is, you know, that idea seems to be a, a very early one for Tolkien. That is, the presence of the spiders is clearly one of the one of the plain indications of the darkening of the forest and the and the the spread of evil through the forest in the books as well, and which is of course correlated with the rise of Dol Guldur. So you know the 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 correlation between the two is present um but not chain of command and it will be interesting to see if they introduced that um and and i could imagine that i could imagine them overhearing something about dolguldor or the spiders referring to the necromancer um or even the idea that the 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 spiders might be capturing them for you know intending to carry them to dolguldor or something um, that they're being rescued from. I, I, I don't. I wouldn't expect that, and I would kind of hope that that wouldn't happen. But I could imagine that.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I, I just had a horrible thought. I hope to God that we don't have anybody riding spiders into the Battle of F- Five Armies.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, God. <laughs> Really, let's hope the spiders stay out of the Battle of Five Armies entirely. Oh, now, yeah. I would expect them to be at the Battle of Dol Guldur, and if not right. the primary combatants in the Battle of Dol Guldur. Yeah. Um But um uh but yeah, yeah, no, let's do hope they don't accompany let's, the goblins. Uh,
1: that'll we may have to return to this after we see the second movie and, and yeah. see how they deal with the spiders. I'm,
0: so. I'm I'm optimistic they won't do that. That seems okay, like okay. Seems like a, uh, th- there's so many. There'll be so many creatures <laughs> there that that seems like that would be. It. Well, then again, we'll have so the many battle of fifteen armies. <laughs> <laughs> right. <clears throat> yeah, right. Exactly. The battle. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. The battle of everything we can throw in. That's right. <laughs> um, the the yeah. battle of the kitchen sink. Yeah. So uh, I think um, another interesting question besides the. To me I think that the the two really big questions about the whole spider scene are um one one to what degree will they be connected to the necromancer and will that be used to develop the that storyline? And and, and 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 to what degree is the necromancer storyline going to overlap with the main storyline? Like is he actually mm-hmm. going to try and pursue um the party? And if he does, why? What what are his purposes? Um he can't possibly you know, it's it's very tempting to start imagining some kind of connection with the ring. I mean, they're they're taking it so close to where Sauron is, but but at the same time that really introduces a can of worms in terms of later storyline. Like if he knows it's yeah. there, how did he lose track of it? Um so so that seems unlikely. So there's that connection. The other thing I think that's really interesting is how is this moment how is this is a, a huge character moment for Bilbo and how's it gonna change? Because I, I really think that they're going to have to change it because I think Bilbo's already had... The the kind of character development that he undergoes at this point, I think he's already done it.
2: Right. Right, exactly. Excuse me, this is one of the things that we talked about when we were uh, uh, discussing the film uh, after its release and especially the moment that... uh, You know, sort of the, the final scene... Or rather, the culminating action scene uh, of the film, um, and people's objecting to you know Bilbo charging in and fighting the goblins to rescue Thorin at the end, and you know one of the arguments that I was making, and that you know that we were discussing at the time, was that seems to be uh, basically just moving forward this particular step that Bilbo takes. So I agree. The question is what 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 room is there left? Uh, in Bilbo's for for Bilbo's character, as he's already had that kind of development. Now, on the one hand, it's a bigger step. It still is a step forward in that it's one thing to charge in and uh, save Thorin's life, you know, when some, when a, when, a, when a goblin is standing over him about to kill him, um, and it's another thing to say like I'm going to set out by myself and single-handedly invade a spider colony and rescue the dwarves by myself in this forest that I can't even find my way around in. I mean, <clears throat> that's a big deal. It's a bigger deal. Um it will take more resolution from him, but but yeah, as far as like his on-screen character arc, um one could see it as kind of the next step. Well, okay, here's here's my theory about it. The way that it could change. The change Oh, wait, let me back up one step further. The way that I, the change I suspect is coming. Where I think his character arc is going to be, in film two. In film one, he goes from, I don't want to be here in the first place, and you all think I'm useless anyway. To, um, he is accepted as a part of the company, and he has found his own courage, and uh, and you know realizes that, um, you know he's he. he he makes that you know the 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 realization the speech that he makes about how he wants to help them get their home back um and uh and that he is willing to sacrifice his own comfort for that and that he would not turn back now um in the second one I think the the dynamic and this again is from the book is the process by which Bilbo not only becomes a more intrepid adventurer but becomes. Uh, as the narrator says, the real leader of their expedition. Um, that he not only becomes competent, um, but really takes on a leadership role and is the one who continually gets them out of trouble and whom the dwarves begin to look to to get them out of trouble whenever he's in trouble, that they actually look to him for leadership. That hasn't happened. Hasn't happened at all at the end of, by the end of film one. And that is, is what I would expect to see from Bilbo's character arc. And it makes to me the more sense in that it sets up the rivalry between him and Thorin, which culminates in the descendant of rats, uh, <laughs> you know, and Bilbo being uh, almost thrown off the wall.
0: Right. So so uh, his so his evolution goes from being kind of kind of a, a, a someone that the dwarves brought along re- reluctantly and he's basically baggage yes. to second film is where he he assumes like they finally are happy cuz he's pulling his own weight and actually making yes. real contributions. He's saved Thorin's life now. Um, And he starts and they start turning to him more and more for leadership. Movie three, conflict is introduced because in, you know, not like that. He what we discover is not only can he exhibit leadership, but in fact, he has his own agenda as well and it's it right. which is not the
2: same course. as and and that he and thorin start leading them or wanting to lead them in very different directions again right. this is what we have we see bilbo in you know once they get to the lonely mountain act, begin to actively disapprove of thorin and what thorin is doing um and uh, which which culminates of course in his uh gi- giving away of the arkenstone um and which may well culminate in that same thing in the film uh so uh so yeah, exactly. So I would I would expect then, if that is the trajectory that happens, that film two would be establishing that leadership role uh and setting up uh the conflict, you know, the beginning of tension between him and Thorin. Um Well possibly and, and this also brings So this brings
1: ahead. in the question of, of whether or not Thorin will be present. You know, is it is it gonna be like in the book where he gets captured first, or will he be actually there when the spiders wrap everybody
2: up? Right. You know what? I think it would be... Alright, Here, here's, here's what I predict. Though keep in mind, when I say I predict this, I'm predicting this in my old mode of, here's how I would do it if I were making the film, and we all know how accurate those predictions are. But... Um, my prediction based on that is that Thorin would be captured first because the first step, if 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 Bilbo's first step towards leadership is basically Thorin is helpless and Bilbo has to st- step in, um, then that really minimizes Thorin, and it's hard to see them minimizing Thorin after what they did with Thorin in film one. Um, however, if he's absent, it's a very logical step and a very non-threatening step for Bilbo to step in and be like, while Thorin isn't here, somebody's got to do something, and I guess, by golly, it's got to be me, apparently. Um, And then, you know, he's reunited with Thorin. everybody else is
1: wrapped up in spiderwebs. Right,
2: exactly. And then he's reunited with Thorin, and uh, you know, and and there's, and they're all fine, but maybe the beginning of a little bit of tension, but again, there's still not a, like, let's push Thorin aside, Thorin is helpless, he's not the leader anymore, Bilbo displaces him immediately. Um that's um that's i think th- that tension i would expect to begin at laketown um when they come back and Thorne is is you know being reestablished in his claim and uh and is beginning to get a swollen head about the you know the, the as the dwarves do in laketown you know going around and acting as if smaug were already chopped up into little pieces um and uh and bilbo's like and he's skeptical and he's resistant, and he is trying to uh to basically oppose the optimism or enthusiasm or whatever. not that that's going to ha- necessarily happen in exactly that same way as it does in the book, but again, it would all make sense um if that happened. so I would expect the separation with Thorin. I would expect Thorin not to be among the dwarves who are captured by the spiders and rescued by Bilbo um because I think that that's too strong a move at the beginning to have Thorin be helpless and have him have to rely on bilbo immediately
0: yeah and and this Uh. and and especially the thorn that we've seen on screen in the film he just he it's hard to imagine him ever being in a being completely helpless except maybe once except maybe in the um the the elven king's dungeon when he's imprisoned and can't get out right but uh, and and these dwarves in general like you know, maybe when they're when they're wrapped up in spider casings and poisoned, they won't do much. But it seems as soon as they as soon as soon as they are able, they will fight back. I mean, they they have mm-hmm. never we've seen them multiple times now uh, go just diving into battle. Um, yes, the the in the in the historical flashbacks, but also against the trolls and against Azog and his cronies, and also in Goblin Town. I mean, they're very capable. So, uh, it should be very interesting to see how the scene goes.
2: Yep. 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 I agree. So, um, now so how much so, do you, do you think we'll see Bilbo
1: taunting the spiders?
2: Yes. Um, I certainly hope, uh, this sounds like a, uh, uh, conundrum <laughs> question. Will we hear the word yeah. cop" uttered by anyone yeah, in yeah. the films? And I would predict yes. I would say yes to the cop" question. Um, because I I, I th- basically they have they kept so much of the sort of classic beloved and comical moments um from the book in film one, even when they had to go out of their way to do it. Um that I would expect that Bilbo will s- I, 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 possibly both Adderkop and Tom Noddy, but at least Adderkop, I would expect. Um <laughs> <laughs> so um uh so yeah I I, I do think that we're going to get that. Um the only question and this begins to lead up to the um begins to lead up to the to the riddle is is he is his deliverance of the dwarves from their captivity by the by the spiders going to be single-handed as it is in the book. Um right. And you know Well, the you know more...
1: And I thought about that, you mean as far as the elves are concerned?
2: Yes, as far as the elves are the, concerned.
1: He's going to have to not be known that the elves aren't the elves can't know that he's around. I realized after I had come up with mm-hmm. my oh, you know, draft question. Oh. Yeah. Right, because <laughs> keeping up
2: there. Um <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I mean he has to basically be quote unquote invisible to the elves. I mean Right. In order for him But to you
2: know himself. that actually could happen very easily. Um that could happen very easily. Bilbo sees the spiders around the dwarves and he's like, okay, step one, I've got to lead them away. And then I've got to sneak back and rescue the dwarves. So he lures them away, Addercop, Tom, Naughty, and he, and then he, and he has the ring on and he doubles back, uh, returning to where the dwarves were only to find them being cut down and hauled away by the elves.
0: Does he, so remind me chrono- chronologically, um, When he leads the spiders away, has he already freed some of the dwarves?
2: He... No, the very first thing he does is lead them away, and then he comes back and frees a couple of the dwarves. And then the spiders start to return, and they fight off the spiders while the rescued dwarves free the other dwarves. And then they he leads them on a fighting retreat, and when it looks like that's going to fail, then he puts the ring on again. This is when he reveals the presence of the ring, the yes. existence of the ring, rather, uh, to the dwarves. And he... Um, uh, and then he goes off and doesn't exactly weed them away but he like you know ambushes them from the side and does uh does try to to distract them and lead some of them off to give the dwarves a better chance of of succeeding in their fighting retreat uh from the spider so that's how it happens in the book um the intervention of the elves you know when we first you know i mean dave i remember when you and i first heard about this you know, like a year ago, and we were both filled with uh, chagrin and trepidation uh, when we heard about uh, Legolas and Toriel rescuing the dwarves from the spiders. I have to admit, I feel differently about it after watching film one, mostly because of that shift that we were talking about, about how they shifted uh, Bilbo's heroic, you know, his, his first heroic moment, Earlier on, we've had that now. My chief concern about it, which I think I said at the time, was that um, if, you just, if you have Legolas come in and rescue them from the spiders, you have taken away this crucially important moment in Bilbo's character. That you just water that down um, and, uh, and take all of the impact away from that moment for Bilbo. But he's had that moment now so I, it, that actually doesn't seem to me as if if he still does the most important thing the most important thing that seems to me that's that's sort of remaining to be done for Bilbo uh is to is for him to take that step of going to seek them and taking on the spiders um I don't think that he he that, you know if the whole sequence is not completed as in the as in the book i don't I don't think that's as big a deal anymore. Um, I mean, I still want to see Bilbo single-handedly going, you know, tracking them to the spiders. So he's setting out to rescue his friends single-handedly. He takes them on and lures them away and draws them to attack himself. If he has the courage to do all those things, he still will have accomplished everything that it seems like he still needs to accomplish. Right, yeah.
0: It, It seems like, I mean, I think part of what makes this critical in the book is sort of that, that first moment when he kills the first spider that's trying to sew him up. And, and he has that thought that like killing that spider, like really kind of yes. awakens something in him and, and fills him with confidence. Cause it's like, he did it and there's no Gandalf and there's no dwarves and he did it by himself and he's in the dark and he's like, you know, I can do this. And he, that
2: doesn't seem as critical now. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, yeah no I, I i agree it's not it's not quite as critical though it does raise the question which I'm glad you raised about that particular turning point, not the rescue um but his turning point with the spider beforehand are we gonna get the naming of the sword? Are we gonna get um that moment oh in, yeah you that... know, sort of Bilbo stinging fly moment
0: that that seems that's that seems necessary, right? Like uh, Mm -hmm. he has to name the sword. I I was thinking about that last night and I was thinking like that, that seems uh, of all the the elements from this scene, if you listed them and just started asking which ones are, are a necessity, could they not do without the naming of the sword
2: seems like one of those to me. I agree. Especially since we've had a setup for it with like the conversation about, um, you know, like the, the letter opener conversation with Balin, right. In Rivendell. Um, and the the way that the giving of the sword to bilbo by gandalf front in the troll's cave you know the the emphasis that's placed on that we've had several like bilbo holding his sword and looking at it moments <laughs> in in the in film 1 um and so yeah i agree those seem to be like if they're not setting it up for him giving the sword a name um then you know what what is the point of that but um but, you know, I still think that there is a step for them to, even though they have had him, you know, uh, drawing his sword and 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 acting purposefully heroic at the end of the first film, that sense of, you know, the Bilbo at the end of the first film still hasn't named his sword. You know, and that is, it's still not, his own sense of his own identity hasn't really changed. And that's the important thing about that, Moment in the book is of course it's his sword that he's naming, but it's himself that he's giving an identity there, and it's his own understanding of himself um, that is really uh, that is really being changed, and that I think is what's being articulated in his song to the spiders when he uh, you know calls himself you know a naughty little fly, and. Uh, um, and and is clearly thinking in those terms like when with the dwarves later on in my favorite line in the scene when he says you know go on go on i will do the stinging um he is still um in alluding to the name of his sword which the dwarves don't know of course um he is still uh, Working out his own identity, he's still articulating his own identity of the stinging fly that he has now, um, that he has now given to himself. But but and but that transition still hasn't happened. I, I, even at the end of the film, well, you know, in the speech that he has with Thorin on top of the Carrack at the end of film one, I don't get the clear sense that Bilbo now looks at himself fundamentally differently. You know, that his his own concept of his identity has really changed. His concept of his purpose has changed, right? You know, that he is now determined. To, uh, you know, he is now determined to help them. He is setting out, you know, he, he is now, uh, 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 you know, a, a partner with them in their quest. He has fully embraced it, rather than just being an unwilling tag-along, um, or at least a reluctant tag-along, and and uh, someone who is out of place and who has been happy to be out of place, even cheerfully out of place. Um,
0: but but he's not yet his... he's not yet the guy that's like that's going to sit there and say, you know what? You guys go on. I got this.
2: Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You know, that sense of like, I am a warrior. Like I can do this. Like I am the stinging fly. These spiders are and will be afraid of me. Um, You know, that's a thing that happens to Bilbo in this moment in the book. That's again, that to me, that's what the stinging fly uh, image conveys. And that's the significance of the naming of the sword,
1: well, I could definitely see that happening. I think one of the re- one of the things that I'm influenced by is, you know, we have that still photo of Bilbo, kind of staring at his sword. Yes. Obviously, in the spiderweb area, and that's kind of what that still conveys to me is that he has this kind of epiphany moment. Even though he's done what he's done in the past, this is kind of like it's all on his shoulders, and you know right. that I could see that. And I, and we're assuming, I think Sarah asked this question. That the the naming of Sting is going to happen basically around that moment, right? So it'll happen in that you know during the spider
2: deal. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard for me to see them taking it away, especially since the name Sting. Um, yeah, it would lose context.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a it's a it's a you know a generally. Insect oriented. I know spiders yes, aren't insects, right. but uh, right. but anyway, it's you know. So yeah, no, I think it. it but it's... a
1: stinging fly is. So that's,
2: that's right, you know. right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so um, so no, I would expect that. I mean, I, I, it's hard. I, I wouldn't think that they would change that. Um, and I do agree with Dave that it's that that it's 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 very difficult for me to imagine them not having the name because the. the it's it's how we're introduced every, you know, in, in Fellowship of the Ring when Bilbo takes the sword out and gives it to Frodo. It's like, this is Sting, right? I mean, so its right. name is foregrounded and not just by the merchandising department. Um, so, yeah. Of course, you know, yeah. we have another question then is,
1: is, you know, in the third film, will a big deal be made out of when he goes back to Rivendell, you know, getting it etched? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, Bilbo's return to Rivendell will be an interesting thing, but it, but it's a film three question. I'm not gonna. I'm yeah, not film three question. I'm not, um, I'm not gonna get drunk.
1: Actually, one thing I I want to go on record for, although I think we want to discuss it in the next episode when we're talking about being in the Elven King's Hall, is um, is um. Oh, I just want to look and see who brought it up because I want, I think it's Art brought it up, but I had the same thought, um, that, uh, we were talking about you know Thorin and Bilbo's um tension and that the humiliation i i'm expecting given the way thorin's depicted in the movie that the humiliation of having to be you know rescued by bilbo from the elven king's hall is going to really grate on thorin so i just want to i just want to stick that stick in the sand there but i think that's really for next episode to talk about
2: yeah yeah no because it it is a it is a a barrel episode a a barrel uh, yeah a barrel riding yeah. issue. But yeah, no, I think that that will be interesting. Um and if it has to happen twice, you know, if we've if uh, Thorin is a helpless captive of the spiders and then a helpless captive of the elves. Oh yeah. Um I, 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 I really think him so much. Off. I just, I don't see that happening. Oh my goodness. I mean he's grumpy enough already <laughs> for crying out loud. Uh <laughs> yeah. Uh I mean let's not totally emasculate the poor guy. So um, <laughs> Um,
0: maybe it's maybe it's worth revisiting the the Thorin thing, um, which we posed as a question a lot, like back way back in season one of Riddles in the Dark. Uh, do we think Thorin will be at the the spider battle, or will he be captured earlier? Uh, as,
2: as I think he's, I think it's going to be earlier. I think it's going to be earlier, and that really? leads to. I Were you the one that I originally do. thought yeah.
0: he'd be at the spider battle? Yeah, yeah
2: and I did too, but one. I think
4: I've changed my mind as well. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, and the main thing that changes my mind uh and and this cuz I mean my my you're right, Dave. And my original rationale was they're going to want to establish, you know, Thorin's heroism and, you know, and to have to lose the opportunity of having Thorin there fighting spiders is going to be too hard. But that was before the whole Thranduil duel thing they did in film 1. Now yeah. I think the primary focus is going to be the spiders are a sideline, um, and it's okay for Thorin to miss the sideline. First of all, his, like, studliness in battle has been amply established. Um, it, it's, you know, his stock isn't going to go down at all if he's not there with the spiders. But, um, but the more important thing is that, you know, clearly the major issue, which I would expect to be one of the dominant issues in film two, is going to be the Thorin-Thranduil plot um which yeah. was so plainly set up in film 1 um and that is what i expect to take uh to take um center uh center stage so this brings us to the next step which is the encounters with the elves what about the elven feast Stumbling uh, uh, and you know and, and them staggering into the circles and having the elves disappear. Is oh, any version? Wait a second! That- wait a second! We got to go back to
1: spiders for a second because Sharon Hoff points out that technically flies do not sting; they they bite or suck. So Bilbo could have named his sword Sucker.
2: <laughs> sucker, right? No, no, that just doesn't work.
0: <laughs> or, yeah. and and of course we already have a biter.
2: Yes, we already we have, have a, a biter. biter. That's right. So we could yeah, have, have a biter. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, anyway, no sorry
1: that. for that, that small um, comedy moment, but back to Elf Rings. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. So the Elf Rings. Okay. So um, by which I mean not the Rings of Power, but the circles that elves, uh, you know, the, the the places where elves go. Um, so Dave, what do you think? Do you think we're going to get any version of the Elven King at feast in the forest and the dwarves coming in and disturbing their feasting by night? I was, I was listening to, um,
0: to this chapter last night while on a run. And I was thinking about that very question. I was also thinking about the, uh, the, the, the thing that we touched on last episode, um, with bomber falling in the water and, and whether the source of, the, mm-hmm. And that sort of the mixture of dangers that are present in the uh, in the forest. The, there's the kind yes. of the corruption and darkness, there's the evil danger, and then there's the sort of perilous danger of, of fairy. Because they were talking about, um, the, the narrator describes how they hear voices singing, um, uh, and, and, and they're merry voices and they're laughing, and the singing is beautiful, but it doesn't make them feel any better. It doesn't comfort them because it sounds sort of eerie and mysterious and... And I was right. thinking about that, uh, and then also about the, the dinners, uh, then feasting. I don't know, man. I, it's such a weird kind of little thing that happens. Like, they keep stumbling into these parties, and the lights go out,
2: and the elves just run away. Um Right. I certainly would not expect it to be done like it's done in the book. No, because um, in, in, in the book it's being mostly for for like the fairy tale motif. I mean, this is yeah. Like, right. If you come across, you may indeed be out in the woods one night. Like, I mean, this is a medieval tradition. You may indeed be out in the woods w- w- woods one night, and hear the sound of laughter and feasting and come up a- 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 across elves dancing, you know, elven maidens dancing, or, or or elves feasting. And if you do, what will almost certainly happen is uh, that they will disappear as soon as the mortal stumbles in. There's a long tradition of that. And, of course, you run a very serious risk of being abducted yourself uh, in punishment for having disturbed them. And that, of course, is what happens. That's what happens to Thorin. He is taken by the elves when uh, when he disrupts them for the third time. So, um, so you know, I... That, that that that's how it's played up in the book, and I certainly agree. I don't. We're not going to get that kind of fairy tale tradition because we're not there anymore. Um, not only are we not there anymore in the films, we weren't there anymore by the time Tolkien is writing the Lord of the Rings. So you know, the ways in which the original Hobbit book was very interested in uh, developing and employing these kinds of traditional fairy tale motifs um, is at, not gone, but transformed. Very different. Um, once we we're in the Lord of the Rings world, now. Um, but but as for the, you know, so, so now thinking about those moments from the point of view of the film world that we're given, and again in particular the Thorin Thranduil issues. Imagine now the similar, the parallel situation to the books, the the book circumstance in the film. The dwarves are starving in the woods, and they hear. The, even if Bomber doesn't wake up and do his I had a dream about the Elven King thing, um, which I'd be a little bit surprised if that happened, but, um, but it's, even assuming that doesn't happen, you've got, you've got starving dwarves, nearly starved to death, uh, wandering in the woods and they see the elves at feast. Thorne's going to recognize him. Right? Thorin's going to recognize Thranduil. Now what happens? What is the, What does movie Thorin do? As he's sitting there starving in the woods and he's seeing this guy whom he considers his enemy and indeed the traitor of his kingdom uh, sitting there happily feasting in the woods.
1: <laughs> I mean, I oh, he's think... going to go after him like he did like he did Azor.
2: <laughs> yeah, exa- I think so. I mean, and you know, cuz you think about the 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 accusation that uh Thranduil makes or Thranduil, excuse me, that the Elven king makes against Thorin in the book is um and I'm correcting myself because, of course, he's not called Thranduil in the book. Um, the the, uh, the 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 accusation that the Elven King makes against Thorin in the book is that you know you did thrice uh, you did thrice uh, you know trouble my people. You know he's accusing them of attacking them, and Thorin is like, we weren't attacking. We were just coming to beg for food because we were starving. You know you have completely misinterpreted us. You have completely misunderstood. Well, I'm not sure in the movie it would be a misunderstanding. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I it's hard to imagine. I mean, but. Easy to imagine that kind of situation coming up. Sooner or later, we're going to get a Thorin meets Thrand- duel I mean, he's going to know he's going through his kingdom when he sets out. I mean, it's got to be an issue from the beginning when they enter Mirkwood, and before they enter Mirkwood. Um, you know, Thrand- to have somebody, Balin or Bilbo or Gandalf or somebody, talking to Thorin about, like, so... Um, you're gonna go right through Thranduil's kingdom there on your way back. Do uh, You have a plan. Uh, what are you gonna do? And you know, I, I don't know what. You know, Thorin being like, "Well, that jerk better hope I don't run into him." Uh, and then you know he runs into him in the woods, and what happened? You know, it's like does he could just throw down right there? Does he charge in and say like, "You jerk and traitor! How dare you!" And then you know, or you know, who knows? But anyway, I think that's gonna happen. I think that we're going to get, uh, we're gonna get a conflict. Between Thorin and Thranduil, that Thorin is going to be captured and imprisoned by Thranduil, quite knowingly, you know, knowing full well who he is, and Thorin knowing full well who 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 Thranduil is and what this means. Um, uh, but so there's going to be a a serious misunderstanding that will lead to Thorin's imprisonment and I do think that that's going to happen separately and then the uh Bilbo and the other dwarves with the spiders thing uh will happen separately like that that now with the way that they set up the personal grudge between Thorin or from Thorin to Thranduil um in the first film leads me to believe that that's going to be one focus while Bilbo is doing his meanwhile I am like becoming a leader and rescuing everybody thing uh, with first the spiders and then the perils.
1: Well, I can actually see that as how Thorin gets captured. I mean, I could see the fairy ring being the thing. You know, it doesn't have to happen three times. It could just happen one time where they see this feast going on. Thorin goes, Thranduil! And he runs into the glade. Immediately the lights go out. Everything disappears before anybody else can get into the glade. Not only are the the elves gone, but, but Thorin's gone as well. I mean, that could happen or something yep. maybe a little bit less magical than that. But yep. I can yep. totally under, I especially given like you said the way they set it up in movie 1 and and how hot-headed thorin is, yeah, I could see that's how he ends up getting captured and nobody it, else you know it happens so fast nobody else can come to his rescue.
0: Yeah, I think I think the it's just they have to be careful the way they do it because if it if it's like If they run in and it's obvious it's elves and then the elves grab Thorn and run off, I feel like the other dwarves would be like, after them. So right. it doesn't right. it kind of it kind of in some sense it needs to maintain a little bit the the sort of uh um uh element where mm, yeah. where they're there and the lights go out and then it, basically where where they're just completely deceived and, and and befuddled so so you know lights go out nobody knows what's going on and it's not until they've like find each other like oh okay here's everybody wait where's thorin and they just have right. no hope of finding him and they're wandering around aimlessly Right. right.
1: Now I I, I, wanted, I wanted to bring this in at some point. It's it's broken record time.
4: Oh, which is great.
1: the thing that you that all of us have talked about from the very beginning is pacing, you know. I mean we've still got yeah. to get to Lake Town and Bilbo's still got to have his conversation with Smaug, I assume. Oh, oh yes. my god. I mean I keep
2: trying to forget about that. I, I, I found, <laughs> like, halfway through today's episode, I found that I was confidently and comfortably imagining that, that Lake Town was going to be the end of this movie. When we're talking about the character arcs, I was totally oh, imagining gosh. Film 2, Bilbo's character arc, ending at Lake Town. Um, because, I, yeah, my mind just keeps shuddering back from the idea that we're going to get all the way through the conversation. Well, you know, I
1: could see that, out. except that we've seen that photo of Bilbo climbing up a mountain of
2: gold. Yeah. So... No, I agree. No, I mean, no. It's, that...
0: No, Don't don't try to make him feel better.
2: Yeah, no. Don't try to make me feel better. It's gotta. I I have to just confront this fact and try to deal with it. So, um. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Okay, but so no, I I agree. I, you know, it's 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 gonna be shortened. But I think you know, Dave, I do think it could be done, especially if um, uh, Thorin goes off on his own, mm-hmm. uh, to confront Thranduil. Or maybe that's what happens. Maybe right. we don't have the we stumble across them in the woods thing, um. You know, maybe mm. Thorin goes and, like, I will go talk to them or, you know, and... Or, uh,
1: or it could be the hunting we... party, you know? Yep. I mean, Thrandall could show up on his on his uh, stag, on his moose. Right. At a hunting party and Thorin goes running after
4: them.
2: <laughs> Shoots the moose. Excuse me, Elk. Shoots the moose. Um, <laughs> I'm still... I'm, I'm still, really, I, still...
0: I am really hoping for, for that. I am really For hoping the shooting
2: that, of the of, of the elk that
0: they that they keep the, the shooting of an the yeah they keep the shooting of an animal element and it turns out to be Thranduil's
2: um Thranduil's uh, elk yeah yeah no steam. I I I I would actually kind of love that too. not that I wish any particular ill to Thranduil's elk but um but yes no I I that 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 appeals to me as well uh definitely well okay one way or the other. So again, I'm not sure exactly like how it would be, but I would expect Thranduil and Thorin to confront each other, and Thorin to be captured. But you're right, David. Has to be done in such a way. They can't be like all of the dwarves plus Thorin encounter the el, you know, confront the elves, and the elves just somehow take Thorin and leave everybody else, and nobody knows what happened. Um, that kind of the way that the elves magically vanish, I do expect not to happen on screen. That's just not how the elves in the movies operate. Um, so, uh, so it's not going to be able to be exactly like that, Thorne. But, but uh, you know, I, I I do suspect that they would be able to find a way to separate Thorin from the rest of them for his confrontation with uh, with Thranduil and for him to be taken while the uh, dwarves in Bilbo are either waiting or doing something else and then being waylaid by the spiders while they're either waiting for Thorin or even pursuing Thorin or, 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 or whatever. right? Um, so, um, this leads us to, actually, the riddle. Which is
1: oh I have one other thing I wanted oh, to this thing, could okay. be for next week. well <laughs> okay. you and I talked about it um, briefly when we before the show today and again it could be for next episode but I just again want to kind of sow the seed is the Legolas Thranduil relationship because I yeah. assume from what we know so far Legolas is actually going to be showing up during the spider fight and you know as Corey and I talked about prior to the show and Dave would not have approved because he would have been saying save it for the show save it for the show <laughs> is um, why didn't you say Legolas but <laughs> <laughs> Legolas at this point we're assuming is not a dwarf lover yes I mean at, at least according to you know what we assume in the book and we what we see in Fellowship of the Ring is you know it's not like Corey you said not until Lothlorien really that he and Gimli kind of have their you know their bromance doesn't start until then
4: exactly so,
1: you know are we going to see Legolas being because a lot of the fa- as Dave as I was saying to Corey before a lot of the fan art you know some of the funny things that have shown up on Facebook have been, you know, like Thranduil and Legolas having kind of the father-son, you know, uh, uh, conflict, and that Legolas is pro-dwarf and Thranduil's not. Well, I don't, I'm, I would, I will would be very disappointed if that's the case, frankly.
2: Not not initially, anyway. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, th- th- I, I would imagine there would be, like, you know, some kind of seeds sown, some kind of movement on Legolas's part. Um, But, uh, because remember, I mean, even in the film, they very prominently had Legolas and Gimli fighting against, you know, not just fighting against each other personally, but both of them deeply bigoted against the other race uh, at the Council of Elrond. Um, Again, I'm talking about in the movie here. Um, So, uh... So, yeah, no, I would think that uh, Legolas, I don't see any reason for us to expect Legolas in the film, especially initially, uh, to be particularly pro-dwarf. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so, okay, yes, uh, uh, working up towards the riddle, because I should probably go before too long here. Um, the uh, riddle is... Oh, a... thing I just want to say real oh, quick because okay, Brianna go ahead.
1: Is... Brianna's messed us up. because Brianna, you've messed us up because she Uh has given us a citation, I'm looking at it right now, of a scene where Thorne is leading um, web-covered dwarves in the woods. And I'm looking it up at the moment. So anyway, I just wanted to let you guys know that.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, as I said... uh... Uh, there's there 's a pretty firmly established track record for whenever I do my well here 's how I would do the film predictions um, so you know we can we can take that kind of prediction as qua prediction uh, f- uh, in uh, for exactly what it 's traditionally worth anyway um, <laughs> I still think like as like thinking through the story uh, you know I, I think that the issues that we have raised whenever we do that Are are still turn out to be very relevant to the film, but yeah, uh, I think we've long since established that the way that I would tell the story if I were doing it and the way that Peter Jackson tells the story are not the same most of the time. Um, But, okay, the riddle is um, the elves coming in, so it's. The the elves are going to capture the elves capture of the rest of the dwarves. When and how does that happen, and how does that connect to the spiders? Now, I will say from the outset that our riddle presupposes the fact that there is going to be some elf on spider action here in this rescue. You know that we're not going to get as in the book, the spiders are completely gone. The uh, the other dwar- the twelve dwarves and Bilbo are you know at rest in one of the abandoned elf circles, and they are not in danger. And then they set out, and while they're wandering, the elves capture them. So that, like, the capture of the dwarves by the elves is a complete non action sequence. That is, I'm assuming, not what's going to happen. <coughs> um, because we have some clear evidence uh, that there is going to be an attack on the spiders by the elves, that it will be a fighting rescue um, of the dwarves from the spiders. Um, but. The question is when and how when and how does that happen? Um, so the the question is that so our our riddle question is how do the uh how do the elves so wait how do we end up boarding it, Trish? You've got it there. What is it what is our question? Under what circumstances will the dwarves be it captured is. by the yeah. wood elves? Okay. Under what circumstances will the dwarves be captured by the wood elves? Okay. And like last time, we have basically two questions which you have to answer, and the combination of your answers gives you your A, B, C, or D. Okay. Question number one is when do the elves come in? Do the elves assist the dwarves while the dwarves are still captured by the spiders? That is, while the dwarves are still wrapped up in spider thread in the webs of the spiders in the tree, um, do the elves come then to, and, and rescue them and cut them down and take them away? Or do the elves come in after they've already been cut down by Bilbo and each other, and they are trying to escape? They're doing their fighting retreat from the spiders, and the elves come in then. So those are the, that's that's the first question, that you decide, when you think the elves come in. The second question is, what do you think are the intentions of the elves when they come in? That is, the group of elves which captures, which sort of both rescues and captures the dwarves. Um, is this group of elves sent out from Thranduil uh, with the purpose of waylaying and imprisoning the dwarves? Have they been sent out to, to corral the dwarves and bring them back? Is that their mission? Or do they meet the dwarves under other circumstances? Either benevolently, like, we were wandering by and we heard someone in distress, so we came to rescue you. Um, or, like, we just happened by and didn't know what was happening, so we started killing spiders. Or, uh, you know, or, or even an active uh, mission of benevolence, like, go rescue the dwarves. They are wandering. Um, and probably captured by spiders. Go save them. Um, but, so again, either they are sent out with the purpose of capturing the dwarves, or not. And so your combination, so A, option A, is they are, the the elves capture them after they're released from the spider webs, um, and they are sent out with the intention of capturing them. And that is, I think, the closest we're going to get to the book answer here. Because I do, this is my own interpretation, but I, I do, it does to me seem that the party of elves that captures the dwarves was sent out for that purpose in the book. Um, that this is not just a coincidence that they happen ap- across the uh, across these elves that that capture them remember they 've already captured Thorin uh and interrogated Thorin, and after that they go out and round up the rest of the dwarves they don 't find them till after they 've already escaped quite a bit after they 've escaped uh from the spider webs um but I do believe that that party of elves was detached in order to to bring the the rest of the dwarves back so um so that 's option a option b is uh, is after that you know they, they 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 capture them after they've been released, but they are not setting out to capture them. Um, their 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 presence there is either accidental or actively benevolent. Um, option C is they cut them loose from the spiders. No no no, no, spider no wait 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 wait,
1: wait B wait. is B is B is we're still they're still sent out to capture the dwarves, but they have to rescue them from the
2: spider. Okay, I'm sorry, devils. I'm doing I'm I'm doing yeah. the, the binary the other way. Okay. So A and yeah. B are both they're capturing they're, sent out they're, they're set out to capture the dwarves. And right. A is after they're released and B is they arrive before they're released. Uh, C and D are they don't set out to capture them, they encounter them either benevolently or uh, or accidentally. And they rescue them either after they're released. Or before they re- they're released from the spider threads, so those are our four options. What do you guys think? interesting? I need to hear your analysis no. before I decide on like which like p- particularly <laughs> unlikely uh and improbable choice I'm going to select this week so so um
0: This this is an interesting question. I do think... I don't think the... um, I think the elves will come in... If they come in at all, it will be toward the end of the spider confrontation. So I think that Bilbo will be the one that initially frees the dwarves from their casing. I, I think that will go along the way it is in the book, that they will... that B- Bilbo will free himself. Bilbo will lead the spiders away and give the dwarves time to free themselves. Bilbo will come back. The dwarves will be besieged by the spiders. And that either they will fight off the spiders at that point and then go wander right into an elven trap, or that the the dwarves will be fighting the spiders and maybe be about to be overcome, and then there'll be um, elven arrows coming out of nowhere uh out of the dark and and hitting all the spiders and that they'll kind of help drive the spiders away at the end and then capture them. Um I, I think I think I don't think they'll come in any earlier than that. Uh that's kind of my, my thinking. Um and as to what their purpose
2: there is, that's a good question. I, I don't know. because I... see here's let me let me let me lay out one scenario here because I, I, I realize um that the option C and, the C and D route, that is, the idea of the elves not setting out to capture the dwarves, might seem a little bit counterintuitive. But I actually think that we have a very queer model for this. Remember when the Fellowship of the Ring is brought into Lothlorien uh, by Haldir and company? Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, and much more so in the film, that almost goes bad right i mean that's that's a that's a that's a benevolent encounter uh haldir and his people have no particular animosity against them and certainly haven't been set out to waylay them or anything like that but um in the in the movie especially it almost goes bad you're recalling the extended edition like aragorn and Legolas have to talk quickly in order to convince them uh to to you know not to be rash um so basically one could imagine that replace uh legolas or re- replace you know, first of all legolas switches sides uh replace aragorn the negotiator with a really cranky cantankerous and rude thorin uh with a grudge and what you have is a um hi we see you're lost in the woods would you please accompany us back but we might have to blindfold you or something and thorin being like forget that and and being you know all like abusive and uh, it turns out into an imprisonment uh, instead of an invitation. Uh, th- th- that's a sequence that I could I- e- even that I can imagine them doing, even with actual like references back, sort of film references back to uh, to that parallel with their being brought into Lothlorien. So I can imagine that, or you know, basically uh, the elves even coming in and expecting gratitude from the dwarves, like, hey, like we saw you were being. Like attacked by spiders, so we saved you. Aren't you thankful? And Thorin being like, I spit upon you, and you're, you're, you know, like, you know, you're, you're like a day late and a dollar short, my friend. Um, like, uh, let's not hear about wood elves riding into the rescue at the apropos moment. Uh, Mister, I did nothing uh, when the dragon attacked Erebor, um, and then. And things deteriorate possibly with combat, and uh, the dwarves are captured. So I th- I can see that kind of scenario unfolding. So I don't. Th- I, so I, I I definitely think in that way that the the non um, the accidental or benevolent meeting with the dwarves uh, does seem to be a viable option for that. Oh, for that's those. an
0: interesting that's an interesting idea um that 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 yeah, actually I am I'm, the...
1: I'm either A or C myself um either I think it's after they I think bilbo I think it's important that bilbo be the the savior the web cutter. of of the yeah the web cutter yes the the web biter um but um so but the question then is you know are the elves there by chance or benevolently or are they sent out to get them and I I'm I don't know you know I'm kind I was even going towards C before you know, Corey turned on his his influential tongue there. Um, <laughs> I, I because to send the dwarves out on I mean, to send the elves out on purpose almost requires another scene. I mean, we all, it seems to me like in, a, in movie making we'd need to see a scene where Thranduil saying, "Go, my son, find them and you know bring them back to me" or whatever. You'd have to have a reason why they'd be out there, you know, on purpose to capture them. So I'm thinking it's going to be a chance meeting.
2: But if we do get <laughs> Thorin and Thranduil, and if Thorin is taken first, yeah, that's... we have that occasion. Yeah. In fact, that occasion is there in the book. We don't see we don't see Thranduil ordering them out, um, but we do see his uh, his interrogation of Thorin, uh, which. Uh, one very logical consequence of which would be Thranduil saying, uh, okay, round up the rest of these suspicious dwarves, and let's see if one of them will talk. Um, And besides, they're up to something, and I don't know what it is, so go get them. Yeah. Um, Philip
1: Lord basically says the same thing. He says it really does hinge on whether Thorin gets taken or not ahead of time.
2: I, I, I mean yeah i I mean could I imagine it happening even if that weren't the case? yeah I could imagine basically the elves just being aware of it um and uh um and them kind of rounding up what appear to be hostile invaders and only maybe then discovering, oh look, it's Thornokenshield um but but yeah since i've uh, since i've already gone on record as at least rooting for thorin <laughs> to be captured first and have his one-on-one confrontation with randuil um as happens in the book um but with different dynamics um and have that conversation go presumably a very different way um uh since i've already since i'm already on record as cheering for that i do think that there's plenty of occasion for the party to be sent out to capture them on purpose. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know.
0: You're an A,
1: Corey.
2: <laughs> I'm leaning that way. I'm leaning. I haven't voted A in ever so long, but uh, but I am kind of leaning in that direction. I think. Um. Again, it's it's all premised on my one perhaps uh, perhaps improbable. Uh, idea, and in, indeed, if uh, if if uh, Brianna has already disproved my theory that Thorin is going to be captured first, um, then uh, then of course my entire edifice lies in ruins. But nevertheless, I am uh, I am <laughs> I am going to stubbornly persist in it anyway, especially since here's another one of my basic premises here, um, and this is a premise that I established like the first time I saw film one, and that is. I believe that what Jackson is doing and is going to be doing with Thranduil and Thorin is essentially building on and expanding what we see happening in the books where, or the book, there's only one book, in the book where, um, where the Elven King and Thorin are both suspicious of each other, both have justification for their suspicion of each other, but both, but neither one of them is really in the wrong. Um, Both of them believe themselves to be wronged and very plausibly believe themselves to be wronged, Um, but neither one of them is actually completely, you know, a bad guy or in the wrong. And that's, of course, one of the things which then kind of comes to its nearly tragic fulfillment at the battle of three armies that almost broke out before the goblins attacked. Um, or that was in the process of breaking out before the goblins attacked. And I suspect, I mean, again, that, that's my reading of what happens with Franduil at the beginning um, of film one, is that there's going to be more to that story that Thorin himself does not understand. And so far, all we've been given is Thorin's own viewpoint on what Franduil did, um, or didn't do, um, when Smaug attacked the mountain. So, I think that there's going to be more to that story, and that it's going to end up being like that, where, where Thorin's feelings are totally justifiable, and, uh, you know, the Elven King's resentment of Thorin's, um, I I presume Thorin is not going to be kind, uh, sweet-tempered, impatient, uh, when the two of them meet, um... So Thorin will doubtless do some things which the Elven King, you know, which Thranduil could very well take offense at. But, um, but nevertheless, I suspect that it's going to turn out that they're both like understandable, and they're able to like come to an understanding with each other by the end of the third film. Um, so, therefore, this is why I'm rooting for Thorin to be taken because I think that that um, that seems to me just a a perfect way to build up the. Um, this kind of a situation.
4: Hmm.
2: So anyway, um, oh, let's see. Hang on, i was just looking at. Uh, I'm going for A.
0: Are you? Yep. I I I think I think it makes more sense if the elves are out there to. Um, to capture the dwarves, as opposed to just kind of wandering around. Like I, I think any other reason for them to be out there re- would require too much on-screen explanation. Uh, well, whereas... you could
2: have, you know, you could have tragedy. You know, you could have a tragic misunderstanding, where the elves are actually going out to rescue the dwarves. Yes. Um, and then, like the dwarves. Like instead believe themselves to be under attack, or um, you know that this is like the next logical step in the treacherous behavior of the Wood Elves. Can we can and, we uh, you know, attack them back?
0: Can we can we stipulate that 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 um, that that counts as um, uh, A and B? What, what that essentially A and B are nope. not specific specific to sent to capture the dwarves, but rather no, no, A no. and B are. no,
2: nope. That's C and D. Oh really? At C and D. At C and D. The the primary divide between A, B, and C, D is hostility from the elves. Oh, like because Intention to imprison. Because C and D say, "Oh,
0: okay, I see, seek them by benevolently. accident oh. or
2: other motivation, of which benevolence would be one." But what so, if yes. it's
0: what if it's uh, so? What if? Uh, so, where would if the elves are sent to? There's some dwarves wandering around in our woods. I I want you to go grab them and see what they're up to. Um, uh, what if it's not? Ben, what if it's not hostility? Like, go and capture them so that we can imprison them. It's that thorn oak and, and chip. hopefully, what if torture them afterwards. Yeah. yeah what
2: if? Yeah, what if, yeah, what if
0: yeah. it's just like, <laughs> hey, there's some dwarves wandering around in the forest stirring up trouble. We need to we need to take them into custody and find out what they're up to.
2: No, that would be a that okay. would count. It, they don't have to be malicious. For A and B to be
0: true. Okay. All right. I'm sticking but, with A then. I don't think they're going to be out there to like, oh, we heard you were in trouble and we wanted
2: to come help. I could see it. I could yeah. totally be like, look, Thranduil is trying to do the right thing, and here's Thorn spitting in his face, or, or you know, chopping at his head with his sword. You know, I, I you know, I, I think I could see it. And it also, uh, well, I, I, since everybody with, seems,
1: I'm going to be in the sea girl here.
2: Since everybody seems to be weaning towards A and C and away from B and D, let me give my defense of B and D. So, okay. Um, Here's here's how I think that it could easily work with the elves cutting the dwarves loose from the spider silk, and that is um, Bilbo could still have his moment in leading them away. Um, That is uh, Bilbo's primary action is he comes and he... Uh, he takes the step and he draws them away, and he shouts atarop at them. And then, while he has led them away, the elves come in and rescue the dwarves. And then Bilbo comes back in time to see them like disappearing and follows them. This actually makes it a great deal easier uh, for Bilbo to be unknown to the elves when they rescue the dwarves, because as far as they know, these dwarves who are hanging up there were the only ones who were present. Um, and uh, so that's that, that that is one way in which I could imagine the elves actually cutting them loose from the spider silk um working out but right I'm sticking with a
1: actually before okay. um before um I definitively give mine it let me just reread this for everybody because i did add the benevolently piece to the D part so under what circumstances will the dwarves be captured by the wood elves so a is the elves are sent out to capture the dwarves and do so after they are freed from the spider web casings i am be- yes. being very specific with that so it's not yes. like it's not the elves have to be dangling from the you know from the, the tree, dwarves basically. do yes yes i mean the dwarves yeah um, B is the elves are sent out to capture the dwarfs, but they have to rescue them from the spider web casings to do so. Um, so in other words, they encounter them dangling from the tree and, and are, yep. are actively rescue. You know, they actively rescue them. Um, C is the elves encounter the dwarfs by chance or seek them benevolently after they are freed from the spider webs. Yep. And D is the elves encounter the dwarfs by chance or seek them benevolently and rescue them from the spider web casing.
2: Yeah, yeah, so yeah, so uh, I'm gonna
1: go with C because I think the chance, I, I think, and I've actually thought this for ages, is I think that they encounter them by chance because they're actually out on, on their own sortie. You know, how we talked about last time about the right, you know, are the elves defending record or whatever. And I, I think they probably send out parties of elves just to simply patrol the woods from time to time. And I think they happen on the dwarves by chance. So I'm going to C. I right, don't think so it's like, I think it's more neutral. Big mistake. Right. And so I think what you said is yeah. it's gonna be more like a Lothlorian gone wrong in a character. Right.
2: right. And it's gonna be a misunderstanding. Um right. I can I can see you know, I, 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 I really like the narrative of that. And and Trish, that does make sense. Again, thinking back to last episode, um if the uh if, if the elves are in a state of war with the evil in Merkwood um, they would be sending out parties to, like, you know, there's a there's a, a particularly right. thick fi- spider infestation over here, or the, you know, the spiders are on the are on the warpath over here. We gotta go and 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 beat them back. And then, lo and behold, they go and beat back the spiders, and they're like, "Darn it! If there aren't a whole bunch of dwarves here captured by these spiders."
1: We <laughs> have a dwarf infestation. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the spiders were bad enough. Now dwarves are cropping up. Oh boy. <laughs> This well, neighborhood is really going to the dogs uh, but yeah no exactly exactly so that they, they and, and so therefore it's not that they necessarily even encounter them just accidentally but that they had no idea that the dwarves were there um right. and they so just it's picked serendipity. Up a lot of activity
1: on their on their spider radar yeah
2: right exactly exactly um yeah no i mean i think that that's that's no trish you are you're gaining converts here you have people swarming <laughs> over to your side here um, um but yeah i do you know Brianna was was uh was was that right before you were specifying about uh you know yes and so i i do just want to repeat the divide between a b and c d is not accident versus uh intentionality it is uh it is in, it is in- Intention to incarcerate or not, basically, is the division between those two. Um, and again, one of the primary reasons that I uh, that I that I insist on that as the division between them is again that is my understanding of what happened in the book that they're being rounded up and brought in for questioning. Right. Um, and uh, so, so uh, and. So that that's basically the template. When and to me the question is, are they going to depart from that? And I could see them departing from it uh, in a couple of different ways. Um, So though, again, I I I do think you know, Philip, I go back to what you were just saying uh, a little bit ago. It does, I think, really hinge on the Thorin question. If they haven't encountered Thorin, if the first time the elves encounter or hear about the dwarves is when they're fighting the spiders and meet them. I think it's almost impossible that it could be A or B. Um, But if they meet Thorin first, it seems to me far likelier that they would be, um, that it would be A or B. Um, Though, again, I could imagine the, it is Thorin Oakenshield, and he's really grumpy and in an understandably bad mood, but let's go rescue his people anyway. Um, And then that's tragically misunderstood. Um... You know, I could imagine Thranduil doing that, um, and possibly even actually, you know, Trish, to, to come back to the uh, the topic that you raised before, um, I could actually see the the Legolas Thranduil dynamic going in the completely opposite direction. Um, I could see Thranduil as the one who is like wise and uh, patient and saying like, I know that Thorin is ticked off with me, but he doesn't understand and he'll come around, let's be patient, and Legolas being like the hot-headed guy who's like, Kill no, him, tell like, him. he's a jerk, <laughs> yeah, let's like, whatever way, it wouldn't have anything right. to do with these with these, with these, these dumb dwarves. Um, so, yeah, and I think it was um, was it Philip who was saying before uh that he would uh, he would bet almost any amount of money that at some point in film two or three Legolas will deliver the line I could never be friends with a dwarf uh, or something like that I, and I, I think that's probably a fairly safe bet
0: <laughs> Yeah, and there'll be some kind of Legolas glowing moment
1: So Brianna is asking <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: that Yeah, I do
2: think I do think so. Brianna is always asking,
1: so, so if so, if it is an accidental encounter, put but upon seeing the dwarves, they instantly respond hostile to them. Would that be intention to incarcerate? I would say no. That still is um, nope. C, because yep. they were not sent out specifically to capture them.
2: That's right. The, if for in order for A or B to be true, the elves, the the plan of the elves, the goal of their trip out into the forest has to be to to round up and incarcerate the dwarves, not necessarily. Malicious, again, like just like for questioning or or you know um, it could be a it could be a, a sort of strong invitation rather than a um, an imprisonment or an inca- a, 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 like an arrest but um, whether it's an arrest or a very strong invitation, it is the goal of why they went out was to round up the dwarves and bring them back um, under guard.
1: Now, Sarah so. does point out that Protective you know, even custody, if Thorin exactly. stays with the company, right? Even if even if Thorne does stay with the company, if if the dwarves have an, stumbled on at least one of the elf picnics in the forest, that could prompt the elves to go and try and Trandall to say go pick, capture the guys. So, it, it, I mean, even if Thorin stays with the company, A or B could still be happening. True. Uh, if they've encountered if them. So, if they've encountered I mean, them before,
2: yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And
1: uh, um, Sharon points out that her daughter has told her that on the Lego set, where Toriel and Legolas, you know, are and the spiders are in Legolas, it says Legolas must overcome the decision of his father and do what is right. That's kind of an enigmatic, isn't
2: it? That is kind of enigmatic. Hmm. Well, Legolas must <laughs> do I'm not what sure is that right. That helps a whole lot. It's not very <laughs> helpful. Overcome
1: the decision of his father and He's do what is
2: right. The decision of his father. Mm.
0: Well, like, that does suggest hostility on lighters. the part of Thranduil. It does. Or maybe it's the I don't understand that because. Maybe Thranduil's caving and Legos is like, right. no, we got to put these dwarves out.
2: Standing up to the uppity <laughs> dwarves is what's right.
1: <laughs> and what's right is capturing the dwarves. That's exactly. Right.
2: <laughs> exactly. Let's not be rash and assume that we know what's right and wrong in this situation. <laughs> Yeah,
1: our film says maybe Thranduil sent Legolas out to kill the dwarves, and Legolas has to decide to just capture them instead. Oh, God, that gets into That's
4: true.
1: But I don't don't see why Thranduil would be that hostile. I mean, he's the guy who left the battle, and he he seemed – I always thought that the look on his face was kind of more not – it wasn't really hostile. It was more like, I'm not getting my people – this is already a lost battle. I'm not going to get my people killed for this kind of thing. So if anything, he's – I mean, I would think he – you know, why would he be hostile? If anything, I think he'd be, or he's too proud to be defensive, but... Right. You know what I mean? I mean, I just don't see him being like hostile, let's go kill the dwarves, or you know, capture the dwarves, or whatever. Or
2: the, yeah, you know, that seems hard to oh, believe. Oh my god, but... it's
1: Thorin no longer with his shield thing, you know. And, yeah. Right. I
2: mean, <laughs> That's true. I can see him true.
1: getting ticked off if Thorin's a butthead, you know, and Thorin, which is likely, you know, like you've said. You know, yeah,
2: it certainly it. seems likely.
1: Then I, can see, I mean, maybe as
2: that's rude, you know. I was gonna say, as rude right. as Thorin was to Elrond. I mean, when he's just because, you know, <laughs> he's got he's pointy ears. You know, <laughs> like if he's actually confronted with Thranduil himself, I mean, and how, how well is he gonna be able to control himself? Seriously. Oh my gosh!
1: Yeah, really, really. Yeah. Well, I'm going with. C. I'm gonna stay with C. I think. Thorn and Butthead, the new animated series. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite words. Is Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> no.
4: oh. So okay,
2: yeah, yeah, I think this is
1: a good set of questions because actually I think all four have plausible are plausible.
2: Yeah, I think would I think there'd be much uh, much. Um, uh, I mean this seems to be much uh 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 leaning towards A and C, but I think of course I'm so now I'm tempted to go with B or D just to be perverse, but I won't. I am I I think that I'm gonna go with a I think we're going to see hostility or at least the protective custody strong invitation uh which will be instantaneously interpreted by Thorin. Because uh, I, I think that Thorin's, I sus- th- though I suspect, as I said, that uh, th- Thorin and Thranduil are going to come, are going to be shown to, to, you know, in the end, to realize that they've been misunderstanding each other all along, and neither one of them was really a bad guy or did anything horrible. Um, I think that it's going to get worse before it gets better, and I think that Thorin's ill will towards the Wood Elves is going to receive at least an apparent. Confirmation or justification, um, and so that's why I expect. Well, them I think it's also going to set prisoners.
1: up. I think it's. Yeah, and I think it's also going to set up justification for Thranduil to, you know, to in, in film three to to entertain the idea of fighting the dwarves.
2: Well, yeah, because I mean, keep that in mind, and, and then you know, this is a as you say, this is a this is a season three discussion, but, um, but. F- you know, in the book, with Thranduils, you know, the Elven King setting out with an army, you know, a, 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 an armed force is unjustifiable. I mean, there's no excuse for it. Um, and there's lots of bad reasons for it. Um, again, it turns out to be helpful because a horde of goblins shows up. But they didn't know that, and that wasn't what they were <laughs> anticipating, it seems. Um, so... Um, So, yeah, uh, Thranduil marching into the Battle of Five Armies, you know, loaded for bear, uh, seems plausible, actually, and feeling like he's got justification um, to take up arms against Thorin at the end. Um, Because, you know, they can say what they like, but that's what happens. They, like, march up under arms and besiege, actively besiege Thorin and and his people, even though they're only you know, 12 of them, 12 of them in the mountain, well, 13 counting Bilbo in the mountain, so, uh, it, yeah, so no, I, I do think, I do think that we're, we're likely to get, things are going to get chippier before they get friendlier, so, um, so yep, so I'm going with A.
1: By the way, Me I, I, I want to just let you know that Brianna, who is one of our top scorers in, in, the, in round one, is going with C. So I actually stand a good chance of getting this one right. Right, I know you're feeling
2: very <laughs> smug about that, Trish. I, I understand. Yes. yes.
1: Hey, you know, I gotta take it where I can.
2: <laughs> it's true. Like the implied, the implied, uh, you know, the, the, like the the subtext of you know future riddle discussions are all going to be like, which one of us can like convince Brianna to side with us? You know, that's going to be. Yeah. The, of course, Brianna the, says she's,
1: the, I think she feels that she set the bar high. <laughs> she's that's like, she's true.
2: Uh, you know, A, A, it would be hard to uh, to 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 maintain that level, but we'll see. You know, and, and 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 we'll 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 see. But anyway, no, I'm I'm going with A. I'm going with A. I'm feeling good about A. I think even if Thorin doesn't get captured, as we say, I think we can still justify A. Um. Uh. So. Yeah. Okay. Good. So Dave,
0: you're sticking um, with A, right? Yes, I am. Yep. We All okay? Right. Uh, we 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 um we got we got bit a few times with the first film for not having faith that Peter Jackson would stick with the, uh, yeah with no, the book. True.
4: The book. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's yeah, true. You know, the whole, uh, when in doubt, guess the book answer does seem to work pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay, good. Uh, I think that, uh, I think that we are set. So uh, next episode, which we will be, Uh, tentatively planning for two weeks from now, and we'll let you know uh, if there's any change in that. If not, be on the lookout uh, Tuesday at 9.55. That's 9.55 Eastern time, and that's probably when the link will appear. Um, So anyway... In uh, the meantime,
1: as I I told the folks um, before we went live broadcast, um, uh, Laura Burkholtz and I are starting up the Digest next week. That means we're actually recording a digest next week. Hopefully it will also be out next week. So, um, you know, our intention is to do what Dave and I tried to do, which is sort of have an episode come out in between the, the, the main episodes so people don't go through too much withdrawal.
2: Yep. Excellent. Excellent. So yeah, so next time we will look forward to, we'll, we'll do some more discussion of Thranduil, of course, as we will look at their time uh, in the Elven King's halls, and of course, especially Bilbo and his uh, his sort of uh, resident burglar position that he adopts uh, in the halls of the Elven King, and of course the barrel escape. Uh, all of these things will be uh, fodder That's for next for next. And Dave, uh, I, I want to let you know, certain ahead.
1: people have not forgotten that there's a missing episode.
2: Yes. Right. Of
0: course. The well, true. now that I've finished my wedding website, uh, now, I, the, now the little Maybe. free time I have can be returned to wrapping that up. I'm almost done.
1: Well, the cool thing is you could also also do the way I'm going to do the the Miflu proceedings and have it come out around the time that the D, the Papa DVD comes out. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That that was my plan all along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> strategy. <laughs> it's all been strategy. Yes. Okay, well, very good. Then I think that we will wrap up today. So thanks for listening, everybody, and Godspeed.